the 905s, whoever you are, this is Schwa Wars. Hello everyone, my name is Adam Hayes, and on this week's episode, we have a star-studded show. We featured not one, not two, not three, but twelve, that's right, twelve crazy stories from the men and women here in Ontario Independent Wrestling. So let's not waste any time with our first set of road stories coming to you right now from Holden Albright, Andrew Love, The Wanderer Wade Allen, and Mr. Saki. January 2019, myself, Jimbo Jones, Justin Sane, and Solo Ali go to Chicago for an Ultimo Dragon seminar. I leave my house at like 2.30 a.m. to go pick up Solo, because the son of a bitch doesn't fucking drive. And then we meet up with Jimbo and Justin along the way, and we cross the border. Of course, I get pulled in. I always get pulled in. I've never been turned around, but I got a weird road warrior haircut. I got a mascot slash furry sort of animal head in the back seat. If it's a wolf, if it's a rabbit, we don't know. Uh, I have suspicious tattoos. I'm a fucking idiot. But we get through no problems. And then coming back, it's like 3 a.m. It's not even been 24 hours. I drove the whole time because I'm an idiot. We had some uh, deep dish pizza in Chicago to get the full Chicago experience. Uh, And driving back, we're going through Kitchener, Cambridge. And there's always a bunch of cops between London to Cambridge. And I get pulled over because I'm swerving and it's raining. I'm tired. And I just waiting for the cop to ask, where are you coming from? And I say Chicago, which is shocker for him. He thought I was coming from Windsor or London. I was partying. He's like, oh, really? And I step outside. Uh, It's kind of wet out. I take a breathalyzer, the only breathalyzer I've ever taken in my life. I pass it. I sit down. Then I even ask, oh, it's wet Can I? or it's cold. Can I go grab a hoodie? He said, no problem. And he stopped to think. I was like, don't do any suspicious movements. Yeah. Okay. So in the meantime, I grab my hoodie from the car. I asked Justin to drive. And uh, I continue talking to the cop. I even tell the officer, my friend Justin's going to drive on the way back. I'm going to go to sleep. He let me off with a warning. We go. The only problem is we're in, like, Kitchener. Justin's in a carpool lot on, like, Highway 6, which is, like, 30 minutes with traffic. And it's 4 a.m., so there's no traffic. So I'm driving again because I have to drive solo. I'll leave home. And this motherfucker should fall asleep in the passenger seat. And what's worse is he falls asleep like the Undertaker. A little bit of white in his eyelids. And then the worst part is he will go to sleep for five minutes and then get shocked and like jolted like he's electrocuted awake. And he goes, oh, fuck, sorry, man, I won't go to sleep. And then he'll go to sleep again. It's the only time I wondered. I'm like, hmm. Is there a way to get into a car accident that doesn't kill the driver? And I don't want to kill him, but at this moment, I'm, I've been awake for like 27 hours. I got a breathalyzer test. I'm tired to hurt the passenger. And like my van was still kind of new and I needed it. So that's the the worst probably uh, road story I actually have. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for asking. I hope you enjoy it. I am Holden Albright. Follow me at Holden Pro on things and join my Patreon, patreon.com slash Brendan, B-R-E-N-D-O-N-E-C. Thank you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and find your happiness. And enjoy the podcast. Woo! I get asked this question, like, a lot for some reason, but I think there's probably a few that I have, but my favorite one that always comes to mind 
is we're in Kitchener, Ontario. I'm not going to name the other guys just in case, but there's five people in the car. We pull out of a freaking driveway in Kitchener, Ontario, and we're driving probably for like 45 seconds. And then one of the other guys in the car was like, look at those assholes. They're going the wrong way. Well, because I grew up in Oshawa, there's a lot of one-way roads. Guess what? They weren't going the wrong way. We were going the wrong way. Uh, So that's like the funniest one I have. Hopefully that was good. Hi, I'm the Wanderweight Alan, and I'm going to tell you some stories from the road. Uh, One time we were driving to Kitchener with uh, me, Safe Travis, Caleb, and I think someone else. As we're driving, partially on the highway, we start feeling the car shaking side to side. So I yell, what the fuck are you doing back there? Because I can see Caleb, and he's dancing, rocking the car side to side. So I yell at him, don't do that anymore. He goes, oh, I didn't realize that the car was going side to side then five minutes goes by and then he yells out oh i probably should have told my mom that i was coming here this is when he was 16 at the time so i yelled at him so we just fucking kidnapped you awesome great you're no longer allowed in my car he was banned for three weeks and then he apologized second story is i was driving to another show with safe travis i noticed he had fallen asleep so i rolled down the window letting a cold air breeze hit him in the face while he's asleep and all he hears and then he woke up that's a funny story uh i'm the wanderweight alan enjoy your day so this had to be around 2016 or anime north in mississauga so there was a it was a three-day weekend but it was just two days of working a show and uh, the day that i left to go to mississauga for the show I had uh, got sick with uh, my stomach. Let's just say I needed a lot of Pepto-Bismol to make myself feel a little bit better, to say the least. So, because of that, like, all my stamina was zapped throughout the whole entire thing. I couldn't do a lot of explosive moves, so I had to take it easy throughout the entire weekend. And on top of that, it was blazing hot. We were wrestling outside. That didn't help with anything. So... But that's not the funny part. The funny part is, when I went back to my hotel room after the first night, I decided to take a nap just because I was exhausted. It was hot, and, you know, I was uh, stomach sick, quote-unquote. And when I was taking a nap, it was probably around, like, 5, 6 o'clock in the evening, and I got a rude awakening, and Holden Albright comes into my hotel room and he gives me a, a double purple nurple or titty twister and it just like woke me up out of nowhere and I was like, ah! it's like it really hurt. And you know, he was ribbing me and it was it was funny, but it's like, ah oh, man, like I'm tired, I've got I got my ass kicked earlier that day and you know, I wasn't feeling the greatest. So getting awakening like awakening like that, uh, you know, it really sucked balls when it happened. So but later on that night, I think I was actually asleep for the night, getting ready for the Saturday show, and it was Holden again who came in. I think it was maybe Steve Brown, and all of a sudden, Sabrina Kyle comes in and does the exact same thing to me, grabs both my nipples and just twists as hard as she can. Oh, she, she really likes to rip me backstage a lot, and... You know, she likes to be a jerk to me. That's just who she is towards me anyway. And, oh, God, that, that also hurt. And, again, like, I wasn't feeling the greatest, so, you know, it kind of amplified the pain. And then when I woke up, I was ruined with Darkstorm. 
and Darkstorm sleeping in the bed beside me, and then he also gets me with the double titty twister, and again, I was just shrieking in pain, because these guys are doing it as hard as they can, and he did it because, just because the other two had did, he's like, sorry, I just gotta continue the trend, you know, something along those lines, and I, I know that we're in wrestling, and we touch each other a lot in certain places, but I've never ever felt so physically violated in my life when it came to wrestling that when this incident happened. Of course I laughed it off but like in the end because I'm, you know, I, I'd like to think I have thick skin and, uh, you know, I could take a joke pretty well, but holy jeez. Just getting triple uh, titty twister like on both nipples. Oh, my, like my, my nips never never saw the light of day again after that and I think I messaged Holden the, the next day afterwards and told him like man my, my nipples are never going to be the same again thanks to you <laughs> and that's and to this day I, I still remember that to be like probably my one of my funniest stories I've ever had being on the road for wrestling <laughs> with my nipples so I definitely uh, have to watch myself when I'm around those three or at least at least Holden and Sabrina Kyle at least for those two, anyway, because I, I figured those two, if I ever cross paths with them again, when, once this whole pandemic is over, uh, they're probably going to do it if they get the chance, or at least rid me in some way, shape, or form. But nonetheless, man, that was a pretty fun trip. I was so tired that entire weekend just because of, you know, my stomach problems. But it was actually a blessing in disguise because it forced me to, to work slow, work the crowd, because, like, th this this crowd like they don't really care for wrestling it's all about like the showmanship and whatnot so i really just like jaw jack that crowd like crazy trying to draw a lot of heat off it maybe work slow and it kind of worked to my advantage because but at the end of the weekend like my body was just dead it was absolutely dead i wasn't worth it yeah it was it was still fun as hell and i love working anime north but that was probably one of the more funnier times i've definitely had Alright, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. A big thank you goes out to our first set of road stories from Holden Albright, Andrew Love, The Wanderer Wade Allen, and Mr. Saki. We're going to take a quick time out and be back on the other side with more road stories from the men and women of Ontario Independent Wrestling. Hi there, guys. My name is Justin Gilmet, but I'm also known as Gilmy where most places I go. I do a podcast called Gilmy Talks. It's all about talking to interesting people and having a good time while doing it. I have been interviewing people all the way back in 2016. Yes, I know. I'm old. But in that time, I have talked to some great people. And why don't join me on the on the ride? And I just want to say thank you very much to Adam Hayes for letting me on his uh, show. Thanks, guys, and hopefully I talk to you soon. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. A big thanks to one of our sponsors this week, Gilmy from Gilmy Talks Podcast. We'll be hearing from him a little bit later in the show. But right now, let's listen to our next set of road stories from the men and women here in Ontario Independent Wrestling. So let's hear from the grinder, Mark Shaw, Gentleman Jeff, Chris Hazard, and Empire's Matthew Grant. So a funny road story. Um, first to start off, it's a, it's a car with uh, myself, uh, Danny Magnum, Xavier Rome, Tommy Powers, and Moondog Buddy. So like this little Saturn Ion is already crammed full with probably like over a thousand pounds of like human being, uh, which is like 
five big dudes crammed inside of that little car. So we uh, we went up to an event in Cornwall. Um, some other guys from the Toronto scene are there as well. Uh, on the drive back, uh, we catch up to the car full of the, the guys from Toronto. I'm pretty sure it's like it's Josh Rogan for sure. I know he was on that event because I wrestled him on that event. Trying, I think if it was like John Greed, uh, it might have been Tomer. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on who else is in the car. Um, we catch up to them on the highway, and pretty sure Josh Rogan starts mooning us. So at this point, Moondog Buddy's like, speed up, get right up next to them. He's like, I'm going to do it back. So I'm pushing the, the limit of this little Saturn Ion to, to catch up to them on the highway. And Moondog's shuffling around in the car and the entire car's shaking as he's trying to get his ass out the window. And it's probably like 1.30 in the morning on the 401 coming back from Cornwall. We're probably just outside of Kingston at this point. And there's other cars on the road, and there's just big moondog buddy ass hanging out the window while we're honking at them. And there are the other cars laughing, but the other cars all around us are just mortified, trying to figure out why this, like, big white dude's got his ass hanging out the window. And we're driving by, and I look over, like, to the left-hand lane right next to me, and there's this family, and they must have been on the side of the car that Moondog was on because they came around to my side and I looked over and the the dad driving the car shakes his head while his like three kids in the back seat are just mortified and laughing and like one of them's crying it was a hilarious scene I'll never forget it, mostly because I was fairly certain that at any moment while Moo Dog was shuffling to try to get his ass out the window, that the car was going to tip over or flip over or something because there was like over a thousand pounds of guys and like I didn't know if my axle was going to break or whatever. Already the car was bottomed out, so it was just, it, it, it's one of those road stories you don't forget. Gentlemen, Jeff here with my humorous Ontario independent wrestling story. Let's go back in time to 2013. It was the PWA hosting their famous Carrot Fest show in Bradford, Ontario. Uh, this was the show that uh, Paul London and Brian Kendrick, they were actually the special guests on this show. So one of the marquee matchups was Hornet taking on Ruffy Silverstein. I think it was Ruffy's birthday. I'm not too sure. Um, so I was ring announcing that show and Hornet decided to play a joke on Ruffy, who's also the booker of the show. Um, so what happened is that just a little side note, one of Ruffy's students, Keith, I can't remember the name he went by. I just remember he dressed up in all green. Um, but anyways, he wanted to be on the show, whether doing some kind of a run in or, um, be a manager, referee, anything. But he wasn't on the show. Um, so Hornet thought it would be absolutely hilarious if he brought Keith in on the show during his match. So he told everybody, uh, told myself to tell the range with the music guy. Um, he told Kendrick in London, told told basically everyone was going on with the exception of Ruffy, obviously. 
Um, and what he did is he got in the ring after Ruffy was in there and he grabbed the microphone and he cut a promo telling uh, Ruffy that he found the biggest, toughest, strongest guy and that Ruffy has to get past him first before he gets to Hornet. Of course, Ruffy has no idea what he's talking about and who this guy is that he has to work. And so then all of a sudden out comes Keith there because uh, uh, Hornet goes, Release the Kraken! And the Kraken comes out, and it's Keith, and he come, and he walks out there, and uh, Ruffy's just laughing hysterically, hands in front of his face, so the audience doesn't figure this out. And then he has to put together his match with Keith, like, on the fly with the Kraken, and it was just hilarious. It lasted about a minute and a half, two minutes, but Kendrick and London, they were out there, they were at the... They were at the uh, the ring entranceway watching watching the whole thing. They couldn't believe the fact that um, Ribsby played on the Booker here in Ontario for some reason. Um, they just were all excited about it. Everyone was watching it. It was hilarious. And then after it was done, then uh, obviously Hornet got in the ring. They had their they had their regular classic that we'd come to expect from them. Hey everybody, it is the voice guy, Chris Hazard here. I've been asked to tell a funny story about my career so far in wrestling. And I mean, of course, I'm not a wrestler. I'm a commentator. I've been doing commentary for Death Proof for a few years now. And um, funny enough, my funny story is not about an experience that I had with Death Proof. It was an experience that I had with with another um, wrestling event. And it was the first time that I ever was asked to ring announce. And I was super excited because anything to do with voice work, uh, such as commentary, ring announcing, I I get super excited about it. I love doing it. It's my passion. Um, I had never been a ring announcer before, so I was was nervous and excited at the same time. But (laughs) here's the funny thing that happened, okay? So I was given I was given the list of matches prior so so I knew I thought that I was like completely organized you know nothing was going to stop me everything was fantastic so everything was rolling along pretty well and then we get to match number 6 and uh, right now I am actually holding oh you know what it was match number 5 pardon me cuz I'm I'm holding the cue cards that I was using uh, for this particular event. And it was match number five. It was a strong style contender series match, and it was between Scotty O'Shea and Dylan Daniels. Here's the thing. (laughs) I was not told prior... I think, you know what, the the promoter was just very, very busy, had a lot on his plate, uh, wanted to make his event a huge success, and I I think he he failed to mention to me that that match had changed to a triple threat match. So, here I am announcing the, the wrestlers, introducing first from Hamilton, Ontario, weighing in at 225 pounds... Dylan Daniels. And, that's not how I announced it, but I, anyway. And then I announce in Scotty O'Shea. So Scotty O'Shea gets in the ring, and I sit back down. 
in my seat, and everybody's looking at me, and I'm wondering why, because, you know, I'm not really that special, so, <laughs> so I'm like, why is everybody just staring at me, and then Scotty O'Shea, he kind of like motions me a little bit closer to him, and he's like, three, three, and I'm like, like, what are you talking about, three, I don't understand, <laughs> oh, I don't get it, and then... Uh, I forget who actually told me that uh, that there was a third person. Somebody though came up to me afterwards, and and said, "Okay, here's here's the thing. This has changed to a triple threat match, and uh, you also have to announce Chris Worthless." But I didn't know, so that was kind of botched, kind of funny, kind of embarrassing at the same time. And it kind of threw me for for a loop, kind of for the rest of the night, because you know when when you're prepared for everything, and the unexpected happens, it just it throws off your entire game, and you're a little bit flustered for the rest of the night. But I got through it, and I uh, still had fun. So there's my funny story about not knowing that it was a triple threat match, and that I had to announce Chris Worthless as well. And I apologize for forgetting well i didn't forget i apologize for <laughs> for the entrance that you had to have because i didn't know that uh, that you were coming down to the ring so there you have it there's my story hope you enjoyed it guys and i look forward to getting behind the mic once again in the near future hopefully have a good one everybody jt kirk and i Coming home from Kitchener, one of the best matches we have had of our tag team careers thus far. Fresh off of a match with the Dirty Vets, we're on this like complete high from the match, complete high from the entire weekend, I think, because we had had a couple of shows. Um, so we're driving home from Kitchener. Um, keep in point at this entire time that there's a snowstorm going on. And there's probably a good two, three inches of snow on the ground, maybe more. And when we were doing these trips, we had to rent a car because, I mean, we we didn't have a car and we wanted to make sure that, you know, myself, JT, and our girlfriends could get up to the shows as well. So coming home from the show and literally... We are right around the corner from our house, and we get stuck. We literally got stuck in the snow, like right on the corner of our house, pretty much, and we literally had to push and push and push, and we were still stuck forever, so... We literally gave up probably about after an hour and just threw the car in a neighbor's driveway. And I think we put like a note on their door or something being like, hey, like we tried, but we couldn't get it out of the driveway with them the next day. I think we ended up having another show. So we had to leave early and we ended up like going over and grabbing the car and the neighbors were like super cool about it. Thank goodness. But like, yeah, we were on a complete high and then all of a sudden just There you have it, folks. Another set of road stories in the bag right there from various talents here in Ontario Independent Wrestling. So another big thanks goes out to the grinder Mark Shaw, Gentleman Jeff, Chris Hazard, and Empire's Matthew Grant. Let's take some time to pay some more bills, and we hear from our last sponsor for this week. 
Do you like horror? Sci-fi? Superheroes? Comics and adventure. SunsetCrypt.com has you covered. With reviews and articles. Two associated podcasts. Hot damn! Topics on a ton of bullshit and all geekery grounds with Crypt Keepers Curtis Sturrock, Steve Brown, and Jeff Smith. SunsetCrypt.com. Only the reader knows what awaits them. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. A big shout out to our other sponsor this week from our friends over at SunsetCrypt.com. Now let's dive into our last set of road stories for this week from our final set of guests coming to us from SlamWrestling.net's Bob Kapoor, Gilme Talks, Justin Gilmette, Tyler Arrow, and the lovely Bella Bronx. The craziest moment I've ever had covering wrestling was at the Hardcore Homecoming in 2005 at the ECW Arena in Philadelphia. After the show, I was hanging out in the back and just uh, meeting people, talking with people. And I had never met Johnny Grunge before. I was a big fan of Public Enemy, but I never met him before that night. And we ended up talking and, and kind of bonding over over pizza. We ended up sharing a pizza, you know, taking one from the from the catering. And him and I ate, ate this pizza. And, and Johnny was... He would not eat his crusts. He just kind of you know, put them aside and he picked off all the mushrooms. He wouldn't eat those either. So Ian Rotten a couple times had, had tried to come in and grab a slice from us and every time Johnny would just say, Yeah, no, Ian, you know, F off, this is ours. Find your own. So as we're as we're leaving, uh, Johnny takes all his pizza crusts that are left over and he puts them in a circle in the middle of the empty box and he takes all his the pep the mushrooms that he had picked off and he puts that in the in the in the middle. And then we're, we're leaving, and he says to Ian, "Ian, uh, we we saved you. We saved you some pizza." And he closes the box, and Ian's like, "Oh, thanks, man." So we take off, and as we're leaving, all we can hear is Ian swearing up a storm, like, "Do oh, you ever, you mother effers, right?" Because because we left him nothing but you know, table scraps and and Johnny's garbage. <laughs> so you know, by about this time, it's about two in the morning, and I'm trying to get back to my hotel. So I call a cab company. And they say, no, 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 we're not coming down in that area. Uh, you know, it's a pretty, you know, Swanson Ritten is a pretty shady area, I guess, in South Philadelphia. So we're not going there. He goes, but if you can get to a main road, you can try to flag down a cab or you can call, call and we might be able to pick you up there. So between the arena and this main road, this is this alleyway. And, you know, it's a dark alleyway. Was, I had uh, gotten a piece of barbed wire, a big strand of barbed wire from the main event they had given to me so I wrapped that around my arm just in case I, I get mugged or something on the you know on the way to the main road and I hightail it down there I get to the main road and there's this little gas station that's the only building I think there's a there's a, a fast food restaurant kind of uh, you know down the other side of the road but it was closed it was just the drive through was open so I go to this gas station and uh, you know try to call a cab again well we'll, we'll, we'll send someone just be on the lookout it might take it might take an hour or so. As I'm standing there waiting, I hear this person scream, like a blood curdling scream, and, and and I hear footsteps behind me, right, running towards me. So I look and I run out of the way, and you know I don't want to say this person was on crack or this person was crazy, but he was certainly, I would say, not uh, within his normal mental faculties because he started like threatening to kill me and chasing me around. So I pound on the kiosk door of the gas station. I see the attendant to let me in. He's like, I, I can't. It's it's a magnetic lock. I'm not allowed to, you know, I, I, I can't open the door. 
So for the next two, three minutes, I have to run around the gas bumps being chased by this guy who intends to, you know, either kill me or mug me or something uh, as this is going on. So I'm, I'm scared for my life. And then this car pulls up and it's Johnny Grunge. He pops out of the, the passenger seat. He's like, hey, Bob, what are you doing out here? You're going to get killed. Get in. So this, you know, this obviously uh, dangerous person, he sees Johnny Grunge and, you know, he takes off. I guess you know, Johnny's a pretty intimidating character. So this guy runs away. I get in and Johnny's with uh, Gabe Sapolsky and the wrestler name Annihilation. And luckily they they transported me to safety uh, that night. And that's how I that's how I did not die in Philadelphia in 2005. Fun night, uh, great show, and I hope I never have to go through that sort of thing again. Hey guys, this is Gilmy again. I just want to tell you about one of my uh, biggest podcast bloopers, or blunders, as whatever you want to call it. The time I got a chance to interview PCO, um, about... Two to three minutes before it actually happened, my son blew up his science fair volcano in the uh, kitchen. And it was, since I'm me, I love to upgrade stuff a little bit. I love to just give it a little more pop. But my son, being younger, put everything in there and it actually blew up the entire volcano and the mess went up to the ceiling, all over the cupboards, all over everything. And I have BCO messaging me going, hey, are we still doing this? One of the hottest names on the indies at that time. And, bro, he still is. But he was very under un- understanding. And uh, I was 45 minutes late for the, the interview. And I'm still very thankful that he... Uh, he, uh, he uh, did it. Hey guys, this is Gilmy again. I uh, just want to tell you a little story about the time I tried to interview Masada. And, well, I called... <clears throat> well, I called him, and we set previously set up a time, and I don't know if it was uh, different time zones or different anything... But he was not having it, and he read me the riot act, like, how did you get my number, who gave this to you, I don't remember being on any podcast, and he read, he was just the scariest man I have ever met was yelling at me, and, but... We've uh, talked since, and all is uh, good now. And I'm not terrified anymore to tell this uh, uh, story to people. Thanks, uh, thanks, guys. So, around this time, before Airstrike, before Mike and I even really talked about being a team together, um, we had one match against each other. First match, only match we've ever had against each other. And it was at Courage Pro Wrestling in Hamilton, Ontario. And... You know, we're about to lock up, you know, it was a couple minutes into the match, we did, a th- we did a few things here and there, and it let up, we were going to lock up again, or a test of strength, I can't remember what it was, but this woman that's standing 
like ringside, you know, a little too close for where she should be in case something were to happen there. But she was whacked out of her mind. I don't know if she was on something, if she was drunk, if she just had a few screw looses. I don't know what it was, but something clearly wasn't right. And so we're going to go lock up or do her test of strength or whatever. And she slides something into the ring. And at first I didn't notice. I'm just, I'm, you know, focused. I'm in the moment on what I'm doing. And I look down and I finally see it and see this, you know, this thing glaring because it was shiny. <laughs> and I had to keep it kind of, you know, I didn't know how to approach it once I picked it up because there was kids in the front row and there's kids with their families and if they, you know, different, uh, different promotions, different scenarios, maybe handled it differently. But at this particular promotion, uh, I picked it up and I realized it's a condom, which isn't the biggest of deals, but you know, it was just something that really threw me off and I pick it up and I don't know what to do with it. So eventually I just kind of, I dropped it and the ref picked it up and put it in his pocket and I just tried to play it off. Um, but the best part about that is that's not the only occurrence people had with her that night. Uh, this woman was, you know, she went and headbutted the ring post, which made us all look bad, by the way. Um, and then apparently she's doing flip bumps or, and I didn't see this part, but she's doing flip bumps on, on the floor and she's getting up from it. Like nothing happened. Like that, that hurts. So I mean, um, and then it's about at the end of the night, we're all leaving. Cause you know, she was asked to leave the building. But we're all leaving and she's outside with a, a screwdriver in a microwave and she's just repeatedly stabbing this microwave. <laughs> and, you know, it's, I mean, I guess given some of the stuff you see in downtown Hamilton, like I live in the area, so I know what it's about, you know, I shouldn't have been surprised, but it was just something that caught me really off guard and it was the first time I've had to deal with something like that during a wrestling match or even at a wrestling event in general. <laughs> But, you know, I'm always kind of in my mind thinking, I hope I hope I see her again one day, because, you know, it's just it's one of those things that you don't get to see it too often um, when you're in those types of scenarios. And it was just, you know, even today, it makes a great story. It makes us all laugh. And there's probably a few guys, if not a whole dressing room, that could tell you stories about this particular woman. But I'd say that's probably one of the weirdest encounters I've had in wrestling. Hi everyone, it's Bella Bronx here, and I'm here to share a story with the Schwa Wars podcast, as well as everyone listening, about a very interesting, crazy, kind of fun roller coaster experience I experienced back in 2018. So, September of 2018, I had found out that I had another lump. As everyone knows, I'm at high risk for breast cancer. So I uh, got it looked at. I had to take some time off. I had to do a lot of tests, some treatments at the hospital, uh, just to make sure that the lump was um, not cancerous or it wasn't growing or if it could have stayed and it was just hormonal, hormonal sorry, and it could have went away on its own. So just um, a precaution that they took. So um, a few weeks went by. I started doing some treatments just to make sure everything was okay. And I had to take some time off wrestling. So during that time, uh, I knew Smash was getting ready for a show at the London Music Hall. And it was for December. It was part of their Christmas uh, show that they were hosting. And um, some part of me really wanted to be a part of it. And I just was praying for a miracle that I would be cleared enough to be a part of it. Clear, sorry, so I can be a part of it. And um, luckily for me, I had so much support and the strength and encouragement I had from everybody gave me the strength and positivity to keep going and 
I um, got cleared a few weeks before the show was happening. So in November, I uh, go back to practice and I let my coach Tyson Dukes know. I said, look, I'm cleared. I, if I can, I'd like to be a part of the show. I want to do that. I have ideas, da, 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 this, that. So we were talking and he's like, you know what, if it ends up working out and you're okay and you're 100% sure you can do this, we're going to, you're a part of the show. I had the honor of being a part of the reindeer gondola match that was taking place that night. I was the only female entrant going in and I was number eight. I remember this still to this day. So I was all excited. I'm getting ready for this match. And you know, like I I feel good. Like some days were better than others. I was tired a lot and I just kept pushing. I'm like, you know what? I'll rest as I need to, but I'm going to do this one way or another. Uh... Two weeks before the show, we got hit with really bad snow, and I ended up just going out to shovel the snow, just clear the driveway a bit, just to get a little pathway at least, right? And for the life of me, I don't know how this happened. I slipped, but the way I slipped, I bent my ankle back a bit. So when I got up, I noticed I couldn't put pressure on the ankle. So I said, here we go. And the first thing that popped into my head was, Everything was on track. I was going to do this. I was all excited, looking forward to this. I had all my family and friends coming to support me. I had my coworkers. I had like a bunch of the staff that I knew from Credit Valley Hospital coming to support me for this match. And I end up with the swollen ankle. I didn't go to the hospital the night it happened. I said the next morning I got up and my ankle was swollen. I couldn't even go to work. So I sucked it up. I went to the emergency, the thing I should have did in the first place. And I ended up finding out I had a little torn um, ligament in the ankle area. Uh, so in the lower part of the ankle, there was a little torn ligament that swelled up. So they said about it would be about six to eight weeks for recovery. So I looked at the doctor and I was like, this is what's going to happen, doc. Am I allowed to go wrestle with the sling? And he looks at me and goes, are you insane? I just said, you don't understand. This is the situation. I explained him the story and he just looked at me, not even like in shock, just smiled and said, I can understand why now you want to be a part of what you want to do. So he goes, try a few days. Just don't keep it, uh, keep it elevated. Try not to stand on it. And he goes, do what you can. But then once the pain starts, you got to stop. So I knew in my heart one way or another, I was going to be part of that match. I wasn't going to pass it up, but nothing was going to keep me from it. The night comes of the show. I'm getting ready and my ankle is so sore. So I was icing it the whole day. So I said 10 minutes off, 10 minutes off. I was icing it just to make sure. I got my wrestling shoe on. It was nice and tight. But I also had the sling on to keep my foot intact. The match happens. I'm all excited. I'm ready. My numbers call. uh, My number hits. I'm getting ready to go out. I get in the match. I do one of my... uh, maneuvers I uh I like to uh for those of you who don't know I'm a huge fan of Trish Stratus so I kind of do the similar version of the Stratus faction but a little different in her honor so I uh do this maneuver and for some reason I my ankle I misplaced it again and this time when it hit I started screaming I couldn't even move my ankle by the time this match was almost over I end up getting eliminated get to the back and my ankle was so swollen I couldn't even get my wrestling shoe off I ended up icing it the rest of the night I uh got home I put my ankle up elevated I uh ended up listening to the doctor after I had to go back for an x-ray so it wasn't severely damaged which was a good thing 
but um, it took a lot for it to for the swelling to go down. So it took weeks. Actually, I couldn't even wear any shoes. Nothing. It was insane. But uh, the moral of the story is, I guess you gotta. You know what? When in doubt, let the injury heal. There's always there's always tomorrow. Even though sometimes I know tomorrow was never promised, but in reality, you gotta take your time, heal. But I uh, yeah, just wanted to share my uh, crazy, fun yet one of a kind roller coaster I went on in 2018. So I hope you all enjoyed that story, and I hope it keeps y'all in good spirits. And just remember, guys, we're all in this together. You're not alone. Take care. Be safe, everybody. Thank you again. Once again, a big thank you to our guests from SlamWrestling.net's Bob Kapoor, Gilmy Talks, Justin Gilmet, Tyler Arrow, and the lovely Bella Bronx, and all of our special guests and sponsors who have joined us for this week. We hope that you've enjoyed hearing some incredible stories from the talents here in Ontario Independent Wrestling as much as I did. Next week on Schwa Wars, we have a big episode planned as we do another special tournament edition show to determine the greatest WWE modern women's wrestler of all time. This is, of course, uh, comes courtesy from WWE.com, uh, rather, from when they recently posted their top 50 uh, greatest women's wrestlers of all time just a few weeks ago. So stay tuned for all the latest over on our p- Facebook page, which is Facebook.com slash Wars. That's Facebook.com slash Wars. Don't forget also to subscribe to our brand new Instagram page over at Instagram.com slash Wars where we have the first 100 followers will be entered in a draw for a chance to win a $50 gift card to Amazon. That's right. The first 100 followers of our Instagram page over at Instagram.com slash will be entered in a draw to win a free $50 gift card to Amazon. And of course, check out everything in the archives over at anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast. My name's Adam Hayes. Thank you very much. And we'll catch you on the next one.